All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today's guest is Andre Morgan. Good, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. Doing quite well. Uh, so where are you from? From the Windy City, Chicago, South Side. Yes, sir. South yes, sir. Yeah, exact. Southeast, you said? Yep. I'm right off of 75th and Phillips. Okay. Okay. How was that neighbor neighborhood when you were growing up? Uh, when we first moved there, it had just started to, uh, change over from, uh, white to black, you know, that was about 1970-ish, 1969-70, and so, you know, we had a few fights trying to go up to the beach and all that type of thing, and, uh, and then it just, just, it was gone, and it was, it was, it was like a, a, a takeover of a country, you know, and, uh, but then, it, you know, I, for me growing up, it, it was cool. You know, I mean, it was no different than any other neighborhood, you know. Uh, and, you know, we had a few negative people and we had a few positive people. You know, but it was cool. Were there any uh, Caucasian or white neighbors that stayed around the area or did they all just evacuate? Very few. Very, in my particular area, none. But uh, a little farther out, maybe in the 80s, 83rd, 87, there was a few. But no, nah, they 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 just left. And, and they left the neighborhood in good condition. I'm just going to say that. And, and anything that you see that's not good condition now is because of what we did to it. I mean, I drove through there uh, about two weeks ago. And it just, you know, I can look at a building and remember what it was like in 1971. Mm-hmm. And like now, you know, and so total difference, right? Big difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when you said you moved over there, was that to, was that towards your high school years or right? That was um actually my, my freshman year of high school. I had been staying uh my mother and father opened up a business over there and, and they had bought this building. But we I had been staying with my grandmother while they were going through all that, uh, getting the business, and that was in Park Manor. So I went to Park Manor Grandma, uh, Elementary on 71st and Road. So we lived on 71st and uh, Calumet. And that was a beautiful neighborhood. Uh, and it still kind of is, you know, but uh, right right there, I looked at St. Columbanus uh, Church every day. Okay. I lived right okay. there. Right yeah, I used to... I used to, uh, I, I met some of the friends uh, I think I still have now uh, going over to like the Park Manor. I think it was uh, Park Manor mm-hmm. Church, I think it was, because I think there oh. was like a, a, like a summer Bible Bible school, summer Bible school or something like that. Um, Reverend I think, Carol Murph. I can't, I can't remember, but it, it, it was some years ago when I was a, a Oh, okay. When I was a and my buddy man. that I went to high school with is the, is the pastor there. Okay. okay. Reverend Carol Murphy went to CBS okay. with but yeah, uh, I lived there for about three years before stay with my grandmother and, and all that. And then uh, we moved over to the east side Okay. when I went to. So what made you choose CVS as a as a high school? It was a magical place at the time. It really was, you know, and, and, and that was going through changeover too. racial changeover, you know. Um, they were. We're leaving the school, you know, and uh, we were coming in. And so there were fights freshman year, 71. Uh, there was a lot of walkouts and protests with the big thing was uh, 
the juniors and seniors wanted um, a black principal. And boy, did we get one. <laughs> we got Reginald Lee Brown, he was legendary. Uh, but what made me go there was, you know, I liked the variety of uh, the shops, you know, and and uh, just a very vibrant place. I mean, we had 5,000 students. Okay, uh, okay. Sports were on point. The girls were on point. It was just, it was just a place to be. I mean, it really, I didn't have a lot of options too. You know, I actually surprised my mother let me go there with all that was going on with it, but she never said a word about it. But because uh, I was, I tested for Limbloom. I didn't really want to go there. It seemed like kind of square place. And then, and uh, the neighborhood school was Hirsch. Didn't want to go there. And then when my mother moved to the east side, mother, father, the neighborhood school was South Shore. Definitely didn't want to go there. Okay. So, you know, all, all cool people were going to CVS. What was, uh, what was wrong with going south to South Shore at the time? Well, it was considered, or it was a neighborhood school. Okay. And I used to hang out in that park right there. I played baseball there. And then that was my park that I hung out there, either there or Rainbow Beach, but mainly there for sports. And so I knew a lot of the people that were going there. And it just wasn't, at my for me, at my academic level. I didn't think, hey, they were nice people that were going to go there. But they were people that had tested and couldn't get in uh, the other schools because back then you had either neighborhood school vocational school technical school okay and uh the neighborhood school ju- it just you know south shore was just kind of uh you know gotcha. uh, I, I don't know it was just like i said a lot of my friends were going to cbs okay and um they were all the people that were at my academic level so to speak you know and a lot of the athletes in the neighborhood were going there and i just wanted to be there. It was there's a lot going on at CBS. I can't, it's kind of hard to describe it because it's nothing like what it is now. But it no. was it was it was hot back then. I mean, yeah. You, you we had a lot of after school programs. It was, okay. you know, it was it was just really well run at the time. Okay. And at, I would have been really bored at South Shore. Okay. At some point you did say um that they ended up with a black uh, black principal. What was what was going on that that people were asking for a black principal? Was it just a change of the guard at that time because there was an well, influx of black students, or it was the times of what the times were? I mean, you know, it was it was black power. Uh, everything was black. Black was being black was positive. Uh, Afros, uh, you know, our style of dress, our music. It was all about totally unlike it is now i i feel but it was all about being black and one of the things was we wanted we had a white principal had and we wanted a black one and they did they gave us that about october of my freshman year it happened okay uh but it was just it was just what we wanted you know we 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 were all into the black thing man it was just real you know uh and it had been going on for a few years ever since dr king had got killed Okay. You know, 68. So now this is 71, the fall of 71. And uh, it, it just was a lot of walkouts. We were on TV every day. That's why I say I'm surprised my mother even let me go there because. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, okay. Now it's, now it's starting to make sense. Because there was right. a lot of, a lot of strife going on, but I don't, maybe they, maybe my parents did their homework and I didn't know it. I don't know, but they didn't, they wanted me to go where I wanted to go. 
because that way, with the way my mother was, there'd be no excuses for not having good grades because you wanted to go there. So here you are. So now what? What's your excuse now? Well, that part, and I could see them going, well, this could be a good experience for Andre as well. So he could understand, he could have his own um, mm-hmm. his own experience through the uh, through the Black Power movement and, and being Correct. able to be around Black people and seeing seeing that, having that type of energy and vibe for his own self. I could definitely see that as well. It was really, it was, uh, as we say in sports, it was a great no call. You know, sometimes you have a, a, a foul or a penalty and you don't make a call on it. And it was a great no call by my parents. They just stayed out of that and let me go, you know. And I I thank them many, many times for that because those four years were very powerful in my life. And and they still are, you know. I mean, I'm still a part of the big part of the CBS community and 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 in a lot of ways. I mean, I went back to work there for 18 years. Okay. Okay. So, you know, I mean, and you know, I'm ingrained in that. I'm in the Hall of Fame there. I'm you know, a coach there, just did a lot there. So it was a big change in my life. I don't think those things would have happened for me had I went to Limbloom or South Shore. I probably would have been really mad and really irritable that all my people was over there at the Blue and Gold. And here I am down here at South Shore somewhere. Right, right, definitely. Uh, what shop did you end up or what major did you take at the time? I majored in commercial art. So I, awesome. I, I did too. I did too. I didn't know that. There you go. Uh, yep. That was my, I was under Robert Johnson. And that was another reason I went there too, is that I had just started to discover that I like to draw and do things like in about seventh or eighth grade. And so when I went there and we took the tour of the school, you know, how they have that, you know, before going there, you get to go walk around the school and see all the different things. And when I saw that art program and the level of work that they were doing, and it was actually the best high school art program in the country. Many, many, we won a lot of national awards there under uh, Robert Johnson. Really? And I, yeah, big time, big time. I, I won three. You know, I know a lot of other people that won them. Wow. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, I used to go to the Art Institute on take classes on Saturdays. I was really into that. And, and I still do artwork. And I, um, I saw the work that they were doing in that department. So I kind of knew what I wanted to major in, but I also got to experience a lot of other different things because one of the ways they worked the school was, uh, there was 40 40 weeks in the school year. So every 10 weeks you took a different shop as a freshman and a sophomore. So I got to experience things like plastics, uh, sheet, uh, not sheet metal, but uh, cast metals. It's like working in a steel mill. uh, you know, just a lot of different things that I was able to get into to just just to touch my hand on it a little bit and know a little bit about it, you know. But in the end, I knew I was going to major in commercial art. It actually came down to commercial art or architectural drafting. And uh, I thought long and hard on it when I had to make the decision and said, nah, I want to do this art thing. And I, I knew that it wasn't going to lead to me making being rich or anything like that. But it was a passion. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. Uh, they, they still did continue that um, through my college, uh, not my college, my, uh, my freshman and sophomore years at CBS as well. You would get a, uh, they would cycle you in into different uh, shops and let you see vocations and let you check them out. I had the tailoring, I had plastics. Yep. Uh, I had horticulture at one point. 
Um, mm-hmm. I had computer-aided drafting. I had the architectural drafting or different things. And it was kind of like letting you get an understanding of what these things were just in case you wanted to, uh, you had an interest in, in any one of them, right. you know, which right. I, I definitely. There were, shops, there were shops that I didn't get in. I mean, there was only, you know, could only do seven or eight before your junior year. And there were other shops that I was kind of like, I wish I had got to do that, you know? So, because we had so many, I think, well, I know that when I started, went back to work there, we had 24 shops. So, and that was probably 10 years after I graduated, I went back to work there. Okay. And, and um, think about that, 20 different, 20, 25 different vocations. That's a lot. Man, I mean, it was, I was saying, why would anybody, you know, go elsewhere? I didn't get it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I wanted to kind of dabble in the, in the, um, the aviation and the hangar out there. I didn't get a chance to do that, but I mm-hmm. was so amazed at when I walked into the back of the school and they had aviation and then a little driving range for uh for driving class lessons. I was like, wow, this is this is bananas. This is crazy. I, yeah. I never seen well, anything like that. That's where I took drivers in, right back there in that parking lot. Me know? too. Me too. Yeah. So you know, I mean, it just you can't I can't even compare to school today to then it's it's it truly is cvca right now yeah oh yeah night and day night and day night and day i don't even try to it'll never be cbs and i think my son graduated my oldest son graduated in the last actual technical cbs class year because he graduated in 2000 okay i was 99 huh i was 99 Right. So, you know what I mean? How they were starting to talk that CVCA and, you know, uh, and the changing of the name and da, 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 da. there was a lot of reasons for that. But yeah, it's never going to be. Now, it'll never. So this principle that you guys ended up getting, uh, what was the difference? Was he a difference maker? Was he one of the best principals or? or? It was he was the. He was definitely the best principal. He might have, no, I don't know what his competition was at other schools, but he's been regarded as a heavy hitter uh, academically leading a school. I mean, you think about it, this one man was in charge of 5,000 people, 25 shops. Uh, I mean, you know, and he had to be somebody that could handle that. We ended up uh, with Reginald V. Brown. And, uh, he was a star for a long time. His brother uh, and he were went to DuSable. Okay. And DuSable, du I mean, my mother graduated from DuSable. That was like the school in the 40s and uh, through the mid-50s uh, where everybody wanted to go to. And, um, you know, he was on the basketball team that got cheated out of the state championship because they were black type of thing. Uh, uh, they were in the finals and they didn't get the calls and this, that, and the other, you know. And so he he had a lot of history. But a- academically, he demanded a lot of us. Uh, individually, he demanded a lot of us. And it was, it was just good. I didn't need a father figure. You know, I had a father figure, but for those that didn't have one, he was good for that. I mean, uh, one example of him is every day, because we all went through the main entrance of the school. There was no going in other doors when school started in the morning. 
And every day he would be out in front of that school and he knew all 5,000 students by their first name. It was the most wow. amazing I ever seen. But he knew every student there. Every student. Wow. And and so he, you know, he was a powerful, uh, he was a good leader. He just was, you know, and we respected him, you know, and he did a lot of things to make the school even better than what he, you know, he, you know how they say if you leave a place better than where it was when you came in, he definitely did that. I mean, we had a lot of a lot of things going on. Uh, we used to have concerts there, you know, major artists, you know, uh, Depression, Shylights, uh, uh, OJs, you know, it was just, you know, he brought that to the school. Fashion shows, talent shows, uh, just really built the band up to be the best band, best high school band in the country. And he was behind a lot of that, you know. He demanded excellence, you know. So that term black excellence, he was that was something that he really he really wanted oh, to happen right. even back then. Yes. Well, and it, it, it had to be a little easy for him to do, because, like I said, we were into black pride. You know, uh, just think about this. We had open campus so we could go out the building for lunch. And everybody came back on time. You know, so you could go down the docks. You could, we had a Burger King across the street from the school. Uh, you could go there, you could go wherever. But people came back on time. That would never happen today. No. <laughs> you no. know, uh, now we, you know, we did our dirt. There was, you know, there were people, you know, getting high was a big thing back then too. You know, smoking weed and all that. So people were out doing that. But hey, if he caught you, you might get put out of school. I mean, he didn't play. Really? You you would get put out? Yeah. So we started, and I'll put it to you like this. My class started with 1,560, and we graduated 747. What happened to other people? Wow. They didn't make it because he demanded a lot of things. Grades, you're not going to be there if you didn't have the grades. I mean, he carried you for a little bit to try to get yourself together. Boom. Uh, he moved people that got pregnant. They had a high school for pregnant girls. Moved them over there. Uh, if you were gang banging and causing a problem, moved you right on out. Uh, he just was a taskmaster. But the thing I think that we all respected from him about it was he was fair with it. Okay. Okay. You know, you you can give me discipline as long as I can accept it. If I'm if I believe that. What you're telling me is fair. I'm yeah. okay with it. Yeah. But you can't give me some unjust punishment. You know, now we got a problem. And he was fair. Was there a school specifically just for the pregnant teens or? There was a high school for them. Okay. Uh, I forgot the name of it right now. But yeah, all of them, they was gone. So as they got pregnant, they was. Okay. It was just one. It was just one specific school. Just one school. And they went there. If they did, if their family didn't send them down south, you know, that was big. You know, you wasn't walking around the building pregnant. They just that it was just the times, the way the times were then. You know, gotcha. it was kind of, I don't want to say frowned upon because I don't want anybody to think that, you know, but it was it was not popular. Yeah. To be walking. So they would send you, they would transfer you so you had your kid and then you could come back. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, so to speak, but most people that got pregnant was juniors and seniors, and a lot of the a lot of people's families 
would send them down south or somewhere to live with a relative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it, it was just different times. So they had that. Then they had a school for um, an alternative school, sort of like what they got now for troubled kids. Yeah, yeah. So if you were just raising too much hell, you got sent there. You know, um, that that was ex extreme level people. But he didn't have all that foolishness going on in his building, and he didn't play that. At the time, you you I heard you say a little bit about uh uh gang activity was it organizational at that time or was it just gangs no it was organized you had the black stone rangers the gangster disciples uh the vice lords it was right there you know and some of them went to the school and some hung out in front of school mm -hmm. you know um, but it was it was kind of different because well one athletes got a pass correct and they didn't mess with athletes. So if you was an athlete, you could walk right on through the trouble. Uh, but they got a pass. Um, it's the people that wanted to be in that could be in that. Mm -hmm. And the ones that didn't could avoid it. You know, uh, it wasn't like they were forcing anybody to be with that. Uh, but, you know, it was kind of organized to the degree that, you know, the big, and I don't know if I should call them up, gang but whatever they were the black panthers were huge at during that time and uh and then everything was kind of underneath them uh but i mean for me they didn't bother me and i didn't bother them yeah. i saw that one you it knew just, who was in yeah it just seemed to get a little bit more chaotic uh through what i saw through the night through the later later part of the 90s and i guess that's because a lot of those guys were getting sent to jail the main heads were getting sent to jail or the organizations were starting to break up and become gangs so uh there wasn't well, it was, that was done by design correct so there was an organization at that point it was just guys were becoming more fractionalized and they were just mm -hmm. starting to do what they wanted to do so you, you could slowly see it starting to break up and become this uh chaotic group of of of, of mess at this point in time and there um, was big money involved in the 90s absolutely very big you know, money once once um, the U.S. government introduced big drugs to the black community, okay, uh, through the gangs and they introduced guns, like, you know, excessive guns, and then and there was money involved in it, you know, and that, you got money, you got people fighting over the money, you got people fighting over the drugs, yeah, and whatever, and, and it's just morphed into... I was basically I thought it was out of control in the 90s and 2000s. Yeah, it was happening in the 80s, too. But it was more again, it was more of an organizational thing where, you know, if it's going to be done, it has to be done a certain right, right, a certain way. And then it just like I said, it became chaotic up to date. Let's transition. When I left, it was CVS. It wasn't CVCA. And but we saw the transitional period coming because they kept mm -hmm. calling it uh at the time they were calling it CVCA. And then at one point I thought I think they put up the uh the billboard or whatever outside of the school. They turned uh -huh. that in, they had turned that into CVCA as well. Um do you know what that was about? Money. You know, money. If you uh, they were told that if you take these programs and you add these programs to your school and you change the name to CBCA, you get XYZ amount of money. 
and the principal went for it, you know, and it coincided right with starting to eliminate shops. You know, uh, Marie Miles was part of that as principal. Betty Dispenza Green was part of that. And, uh, you know, I believe in anything. If you follow the money, you'll find out what's going on. Always follow the money. Okay, because one of the things that they were telling us was that CVS, the brand or the 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 store, the pharmacy was uh, the big cause of that. And I was like, the two don't really operate on the same level. They they because the name of the school is not CVS. The name of the school is Chicago Vocational. So why would CVS Pharmacy care about that? Correct. You know, doesn't even make sense. Now I'm I'm gonna tell you whatever I gotta tell you so I can distract you. And, you know, to be honest, our alumni, we kind of complained about it a little bit, but we didn't really fuss, uh, really get on hard until they tried to close the school down. Then everybody was like, okay, what's with the name? What's with this? So there were a lot of people that had graduated and were went off and were making families or doing whatever they were doing and were kind of detached from the school. So they weren't really aware of how this was, I thought, systematically being done. You know. Okay. Okay. And but it was it was invited. It, it it had to do with money. They were given money, and I think at the time we were, you know, small learning communities is what it was called. So they took the school and divided it up. Uh, so like say maybe you take tailoring, and uh, I don't know, architecture and horticulture, and maybe one other shop, and you say this is this mini school. Then you take four more shops and make them a mini school. And that was the, the concept was to make mini schools because they thought the big school was too much. You know, kids how was the big how, how was the big school too much? Because everything's about smaller classrooms. OK, OK. Small, you know, a lot of people don't do well in a big environment. See, here's the thing. And. If you follow CPS education over the years, every it's getting ready to happen this year. Every time there's a new leadership, there's a change in philosophy and programs. If you get a new mayor, get new leadership. You get a new mayor and a new head of the school, new leadership. When new leadership comes, they want to implement their ideas. Okay. If you get a new principal, which CBS had several principals through the uh, 90s and the 2000s, you know, you get, new le- you get new ideas. Let's do this. So now you've got Janice Jackson who stepped down and you got Lori, what's her last name? Lightfoot? Lightfoot. Yeah. So now she's mayor, first term. I don't even think she even hardly, or she knows CBS exists because she came out there a couple of weeks ago. But she's a north side person. There's going to be a new leader, new CPS CEO taking over. Okay. Uh, I know that they're going to have their own ideas on how education should be run. So this always changes things. I mean, look at the changes you had just in the last few years. You got at home learning. Mm-hmm. CPS obviously was not ready for that. Uh, you got just a lot of changes. And, and, and so it trickles down to our school. So our school was big. And they started talking about test scores and this, that, and the other. And a big part was uh, 
they tried to make everyone go to college. So vocational education started to be phased out in all the schools, in Dunbar and Simeon and uh, and the technical schools, Tilden, Limblom. All those schools lost shops. Wow. You know, Dunbar, ooh, Dunbar was real close to closing. Like real, real. They were closer than us. You know, I think they at one point they had something like 300 kids. They really? They built it back up now, but yeah, they were real low. Uh, uh, you know, I mean. CVS had a really bad drop because when I left, it was like 4,000 yeah. and they had gotten down to like 1,200 or something like that. Well, we're at 750 right now. Mm. And there's a chart that I posted that shows, or you can go online and get it. And it shows every year how to know. It's like a stair step going down. You know, it was 750, it was 900, it was 1200, it was 15, 1400, it was 2000, it was 2400. You know, it's been going down since I'd say uh, 97. So, is this to phase the school out? I don't know if it's as much to phase the school out as there's more options. So, like I was saying, when I came out of high school, or when I went to high school, 71, or when I was choosing a school, we didn't go to two, I don't, I only knew two kids, two of my friends that went to parochial school. You know, one went to St. Francis de Sales, the other one went to Mount Carmel. Everybody else went to a public school, okay? Everybody, you know, and there were more people in school. Now you can stay home and learn, I don't know, you might be able to stay home and not learn nothing and not go. I don't know. But you can stay home and learn now. <laughs> I mean, uh, you can get a tutor and learn. You can go to private school. Uh, the suburbs are open now. When I went to school, kids weren't transferring to Thorn Ridge or anywhere like that. But the suburban kids lived out there and the city kids lived out there. We only went out to the suburbs from the city and go roller skating in Markham. Correct. You know, or, or if it was like some dance or something out that way, we went yeah. out there. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it wasn't something regular. So, and we didn't have a lot of friends whose families lived out there, you know, uh, uh, as it is now. Now it ain't nothing to get on the I 57 and go out to the suburbs, yeah. get on the Bishop Ford and go out there or wherever. And so you have, um, you have a lot of people that have more options with their kids. Okay. You don't have all that. I believe that's huge on why public schools aren't packed up. But there will never, ever, never, ever be another high school like CBS where you had we had a junior we had a junior college on the second floor to Anthony Wayne and five thousand students. There'll never be 5,000 black kids in one building ever again in Chicago. Never. They, they, they want to, they're not going to do it. So what are they doing since the, since the class size is so small now, what are they doing with the rest of the building? Is, is well, it Anthony Wing is closed. Our shop is gone. It's closed. After room 158, there's a wall there. Can't go down there. So you can't go down to Anthony Wing on either floor. Uh, the third floor is closed. So everything is on 158 all the way around to Chappelle. 
first and second floor. And there is no second floor of the Chappelle wing. So there's no second floor of the Chappelle wing? No, I mean no third floor. Third floor. Okay. Second floor, yes. Okay. But no third floor. So so everything's condensed. And and what's to happen with all that remaining space? Nothing or is there a plan? Well, there was some money funded by um one of the state senators, I want to say uh, Emil, what is Emil's last name? But a few years ago, I want to say there was like $70,000 given for building repair. So the first thing they did, because the problem with the Anthony wing is the roof, the roof and the foundation. So a story is that it's supposed to be sinking. So they, they gave $70,000 and they were supposed to tear it down. But instead, they took the money and they fixed the roof on the main building. You know. Okay. Because uh, that was, it was leaking. Uh, and and they, they had to put air conditioning in. Because, you know, there's no air conditioning when we went there. No. Uh, that's why I didn't go. I didn't go to summer school. I'm like, uh-uh. Nope. Uh, so there was no air conditioning. So they had to do that. That that had to happen too because of COVID. You know, you got to have air now. But uh, they had started to put that in prior to COVID. But so they spent all that money on that ceiling. And if you ever look at an aerial shot of the school now, you'll see the new roof, and then you can see the Anthony wing where they didn't do it, and they didn't tear it down, and so it's just there. I don't know what they're planning on doing, but I don't think that they can reuse. Well, you know what? I don't want to say they can't redo it because we all watch them take Soldiers Field, old decrepit Soldiers Field, and put a new stadium on top of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, build around it. Yeah, if they want to do it. I I just think that that's a, a lot of land, a lot of land that is valuable land. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there's all these different entities that supposedly want a part of it. You know, at one point, the steel mill, at one point, Ford, you know, all these companies, you know, uh, but originally they were supposed to knock that Anthony wing down and uh, put a football stadium back there because, you know, CPS is building all these football stadiums on these schools now, as opposed to everybody play a gate and getting away from that. Uh, but that none of that's happened. None, nothing's happened. It's just that they blocked it off. And uh, kind of fenced it off because they were saying some bricks were falling or whatever. And it's just there. Wow. You know, we're trying to do a landmark status that may slow things down. And okay. that definitely would prevent them from closing the school. But that got halted right now, kind of midstream because of COVID. City of Chicago put the brakes on it and said, we'll let you know when you can follow through on this. Uh, so that's kind of in a pause where we do have a petition out there and we got the necessary signatures to start the process is there anything but, that we can do as a collective as alumni to to push the school forward in the in in right direction as far as keeping it open or opening back up the anthony wing repairs things of that nature i don't think the anthony wing is going to be opened back up okay i think that it's too big it's so far gone i mean it's been closed what five six seven years now uh, there's not a big interest in vocational education. You know, I mean, there was a little talk of it last year that we need vocational education. 
but it's not like when the school was built in the 40s where everybody was getting jobs. There are no jobs for a person to do vocational education, you know, but they could, could they? They can do what they want to do. I'm pretty like that. But CPS to me is so mismanaged in so many different ways. Uh, it would have to be a need-based type of thing. Okay, because if they, if it's not going to be vocation, they could slide some like tech in there, right? They could go into well, the tech, tech direction. Technically, the school is a STEM school. Okay, science, technology, engineering, and math. That's what it technically on paper is. So yeah, they could they could make it a tech school. I I, I just you know the way I see CPS, they promote what they want to promote. So when CBS was rolling. Kids were funneled to CVS. Uh, top educators were funneled there. You know, um, top students were funneled there. Now they, they've, ta- they've kind of changed that a little bit. South Shore got a new building because the community wanted one. And now they, they've got some, you know, selective enrollment. Uh, there's the school over on the lakefront, 83rd. Uh, Bowen. Well, Bowen, too. God, they they fixed that building up. That thing was built in 1890. Mm. You know, but they're not. I, from what I can see, I don't think that they really have a big interest in doing too much with CVS right now. But like I said, there's always changes. You know, uh, I think it has to go back to being a specialty school, like where the board puts money into it, like a lot of money. Uh, I think as alumni, we can always advocate for whatever, you know, but we have to be organized as alumni. We have to be able to do more than have a big picnic. That's a fact. That's a fact. If we take that power, you know, and, and, and stop infighting and get united uh, and, 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 and all get on the same page. So, you know, it's just so much, it's so, so much uh, political uh, stuff, you know, and we're not in a bad position. I mean, the older woman is a Cavalier and member of the Hall of Fame, you know, so we got, we're okay on that little part of the politics, you know, um, but what do we want? That's the real question. What do we want? Okay. Okay. You know, I mean. And who's our leader? Who's our leader? Who's our alumni leader? Who's our academic at the school leader? Uh, LSC, you know, just so much, you know, uh, going on in a lot of different directions that would have to be united. And then we target what we want to do. Uh, and I think we're kind of just sitting on our hands and just on a wait and see attitude, you know, but I mean, things are, they're, they're not good. I mean, for instance, I don't know what happened this week, but the last three scores of the football games, 50 to nothing, 40 to nothing, 30 to nothing. So we're not even getting kids that want, right, right, right. We're not getting kids that want to play football or wow. can play football. Now, you know, that never happened. No. But meanwhile, we got alumni that are coaching at other schools. Matter of fact, South Shore is one of them, head coach there. Uh, another one was at Harlan. He's now at Hillcrest. You know, our alumni that can coach are at other places. 
Uh, my own son, you know, he just stopped coaching and started refereeing. He said, forget it. But they all want to come home. You know, they all draw a check from CPS. But, you know, that that's one thing that's not going good is the sports programs. Yeah. So is, is it is it all sports? Are all the sports programs that way? Like they all just ugh. yeah. The football dropped a division. Basketball dropped a division. Uh, baseball they didn't they didn't they don't have an up and down in baseball, but they're not in the top conference for baseball. You know, uh, I don't even know what's happening with the girls. I would can speak on them. Well, I know that they ain't winning the championships. But, you know, it's it's a different kind of kid that goes there now. You know, we had athletes. That people went there, too. They wanted to play. Yeah. They really and, wanted and, to play. And things were set up differently, too, because there was lower levels. There was grammar school programs. But CPS doesn't have any grammar school sports programs. They don't have any grammar, very little art and music. Did you know that the art funding got cut? I, I went up there. I went up there a few years ago and I went to see because my my teacher was Mr. Baker um, for Rest art. Correct. Rest in peace, mm -hmm. Mr. Baker. So when I went up there to see him, he wasn't there. And they said the art program. There was no art program. That's what they had told me. And I was like, dude, there was an art program. I graduated from here. There has to be an art program. They meant right then there wasn't. They meant there was no program on the day you went up there. Because after Baker left, that was it. No one took over. Um, I actually went up there and I grabbed some of the art pieces, some of the artworks that was just laying around. And I reached out to some of the people that I could, I could identify mm -hmm. and say, hey, pick your work. And maybe only two or three people came by my house and picked it up. This was just before I moved to Arizona. But yeah, you know, the, the funding for art was cut by CPS. So the funding for music was cut by CPS because you know there was grammar school music. That's where all those uh, band members came from. You know, we had man, we had one fantastic band uh, in the seventies and eighties up there, and even part of the nineties. You know, yeah. I mean, like high level, and um, you know, see, I don't know what I don't even know what direction CPS is going in. You know, because if you're not gonna fund the kids at the most basic level at the grammar school level how can you expect anything out of them at the high school level you know if you're not going to teach art or you don't I mean so now or a person like me if I wanted to be an artist or you you wanted to be an artist and you knew this in grammar school where do you go they don't have any art programs that I know of or yeah yeah you know and they've got this stupid I think it's stupid way that you get into high school to so you know you got a test and you got to be selected and, and it was it was it's just kind of it's kind of weird my granddaughter went through that a few years ago she wanted to go to um Kenwood and she had to test it a certain way and she didn't get in but after your freshman year then you can transfer the way you want to go you know yeah, I think it, right, exactly. It doesn't make sense. That's and weird. I, it, it's just a whole. It, it's it's like everything's hard, difficult. But they, this generation is accepting it. Them and their parents, they're accepting it. 
But yeah, I, you 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 would you would you would think that there would be more stability in, in programs like you were saying geared to make sure that these kids could fulfill their need, their actual want or need. No for, after school programs. Right. So you get to school at two o'clock. You just off into the streets. Yeah. No work program. We used to have the work program for the kids that wanted to work. They weren't on sports. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. They could go. They could go to school half. The I, re- day. I remember <laughs> having friends like that that would go work yeah. for Walgreens or Docs or yeah. places like that because they want they they didn't want to just go straight home and they wanted to have some money to they, earn for shoes they and have clothes. Money. Yeah. So these kids here, they can't get a job you know for whatever reason and there's nothing to do after school not a lot to do after school uh it's it's i don't know i'm i'm probably the wrong person to praise cps and i'm a cps graduate but i don't have a lot of praise for my work form and everything but it's just like i said it's the constant changing of the guard constant i'm gonna get an I, i got a better idea and nothing ever, no programs really last longer than five do years. You, do you know of a person that would be good to help change these things all over the city? Or do you know of a person that I would be? Like, I don't feel, well, I don't really feel I do. Okay. I'm sure there is one. Um, but I, I would, you know. You would think that CPS would have people identified, uh, but I don't want to say I know of one person that could do it because I don't, because I'm out, kind of out of touch with it a little bit now, having left the system and left the city. Um, but it'll be watch and see who becomes the CEO of CPS. Who's in charge now? As Janice Jackson just left, who's in charge? That, that's going to be control everything okay okay well i'm not gonna hold you i know you said uh before we started you got to got to get on the road and get some things oh, done i just i gotta go in the garage and um get my baseball equipment out i'm back on the field okay start okay. i've been off for a month and a half but it's nothing major i mean you know this is good stuff okay um, we still got daylight in arizona you're probably in the dark there already no, nah, it's 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 getting dusky. It's getting towards I mean, that area. Yeah, yeah it's on its way. Place. Yeah, but uh, no, good, good, good talking with you. Though, thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Appreciate mm-hmm. your time. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for having me. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep. Have a good one. You too. Bye bye.